Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. Our scripture reading this morning will be taken from the book of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, and beginning with the first verse. And the Apostle Paul is speaking, and he is saying, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy, and know all mysteries and all knowledge. And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But if there are gifts of prophecy, they will be done away. If there are tongues, they will cease. If there is knowledge, it will be done away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, But when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. Uh, When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I did away with childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. But now abides faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Lord, help us to understand for our sake of what we have read this morning. Years ago, when the Methodist Church did things a little different than they have been doing in the last few years, and where that the preacher did not know that he was going to move until he was read out at the last day of conference. And I remember a good friend of mine he was at uh, Beachmont at that particular time, and he was reasonably sure he was going back. And so the day before the end of conference, which was on a Saturday, in those days we didn't break up conference until 12 o'clock noon. And at that time, the bishop read the appointments where you were going the next year. But this friend of mine said, well, he said, there's no need me fooling around here. He said, I know where I'm going. I'm going to go back to Beachmont and said, I'm going to go to Florida. The wife and I planned it. And so they took off toward Florida. And somewhere around Sunday, they had to call them and tell them to come on back home because the bishop had moved them. That's the way we do it in the Methodist Church, and a little different today. I'm not quite sure it's better this way, but perhaps most people think so, that we know three or four weeks ahead of time. Of course, we did not know it three or four weeks ahead of time because of what took place in the conference and the last go-around. I was thinking, too, about the preacher some time ago that the last Sunday in the pulpit before a conference, he went away to conference, and his last sermon topic was that he preached on where I'm going, you will shortly follow. 
and sound like a real good uh, topic. And he preached on that the last Sunday he was there. And when the appointment was read, he was appointed chaplain to the state prison. <laughs> I don't think that that will be our situation. I can't help but think back to years gone by when I had a little one within the home. And there was a certain time during the day, I was long in the cool of the evening, uh, that she would run and jump in front of the TV. But when she did that, and she had these two little ears that she put on, and some of you here are old enough to remember that, I think. And she'd run and fall in front of the TV. And the thing that's been running around in my mind, and you know I can't carry the tune in the bushel basket, but it went something like this. And now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M-I-C, see you real soon. K-E-Y, why? Because I love you so. Now, folk, I, through the years, as strange as it might seem, and... I discovered this awesome truth this week. But as I look back through the years of my ministry, I have not been able to tell the difference between God's Word in some aspects and my church. And that's interesting. And that is also comforting. Now you see the thing that has taken place and, and this business of moving. It's hard on the preacher too, you know. And I have looked back, and there's been those moves that have been so very difficult. Uh, but as I look back now, I can see what a wonderful, marvelous way that God works. And how that God does not make a mistake. And it is we who follow him who make the mistake by not being completely and totally committed to him. And as the church speaks, as it has, and in this case too, I trust them to be speaking for God again. And because of the good track record they've had in the past, I have every right to believe that this is precisely what God has ordered, and therefore I do not drag my feet in accepting the responsibility that has been given. And I call for you to accept the responsibility too, and I don't want to be presumptuous here because I know that you will. And this new preacher, Brother Jimmy, he is a person in his own right in God's kingdom, and God long ago selected him to fulfill a very vital and special role within the fellowship of God's people and that being a Methodist preacher and he will come to you through the same power that brought me and through the same wisdom and understanding that sends me on to another place and so I will try my very best to receive my new appointment with all of the spiritual courage and, and everything else that I've got to do it with and I hope that you will remember me in your prayer. Now, it is so like the Lord Jesus Christ that when he walked here upon this earth that he touched the simple things of life and made them so very, very beautiful and gave them a different depth. And we can think about the lives that the Lord Jesus Christ touched and your life that you thought was so common and so forth and so on and come to find out that when Jesus touched your life and you begin to understand who you were and what you were and what God has called you to be in his kingdom, oh my, it turned into infinity. Something without end, and who understands that? And yet that is your life. Uh, what depth and height and width that Jesus has given to each one of us that know him and has turned these simple, seemingly common lives of ours into something that is absolutely amazing and astounding and absolutely fantastic. 
he also touched death. I through the Lord Jesus Christ and turned it into victory for us, for me and for you. And the symbol that we have at the center of our church is a cross to remind us that Jesus touched this also and turned it into something that is absolutely astounding and amazing. He also touched the simple meal that every poor peasant family knew, bread and wine and turned it into something that is absolutely amazing, marvelous, wonderful, and filled with meaning. And the thing that astounds me is the different meaning as we experience it as we come to the Lord's table and what meaning it has for each one of us. It can mean the beginning of a new life. Maybe someone is here this morning and you've been thinking about giving your heart and your soul to the Lord Jesus Christ, but you haven't as of yet. And yet here you'll be given an invitation to come to the Lord's table. And I want to tell you, dear ones, whatever the past may have been, leave it be, that you can come to this table and start anew. And for those of us who have walked long with the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome the opportunity to come to the Lord's table in order that we might be able to right whatever might be wrong or whatever misstep we may have taken, regardless of what the past may be. We too can come to the Lord's table and know that whatever the past has been, can be, and is completely wiped out. Because we can start anew from this moment on and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ in vigor and with vigor and with understanding and walk with him in a very creative way. As we come to the Lord's table, this is not only a time of begin or a time of renewal, but it's a time of reflection and dedication. Paul warns us that when we come to the Lord's table, we should do it in a very careful way, and we should properly consider our life to make sure that it is right and aligned again with the Lord Jesus Christ, lest we drink damnation uh, to our soul. And dear ones, that is good wisdom and good instruction. And we come to this place, and we do reflect upon our life, and we do consider our attitude. And we want to be sure that we are free of all grudges we may have or whatever hate or whatever else that is in our heart that is not good and will not be aligned with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we have an opportunity to come and be rid of it. Be rid of it. And give it back to him and leave it here and go from this table rejoicing in the peace and the tranquility of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can review our way of living and make sure once again that these vows of ours have been renewed and that we do walk in the spirit and the mind and the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course we come to the Lord's table in prayer. It's always interesting to me that uh, whether like at conference time when you commune, come to the Lord's table with hundreds of people, uh, yet you're extremely alone. Though on each side of you they're so close to you taking communion to that you can touch them and yet in a sense it is only you and the Lord Jesus Christ and you're all alone just you and he and it is here you make your prayer and you give your petition and you ask for whatever you need to ask for in order that you might be able to be strengthened and undergirded and so to go forth and to live and to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ now, dear ones, if you're here this morning and you're not a member of this church, I would tell you that to come to the Lord's table, you do not have to be a member of this church. 
In fact, you do not have to be a member of any church. If you can say yes to the invitation that's given, you come. The Lord has given it to us to serve for him. And you understand that when you come to this table, that you do not come to this church's table, but you come to the Lord's table. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started in making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven. 